But unlike his compatriots who came here for money, the horsemen came for love of carnage. Goodbye, Ichabod Crane. I curse the day you came to Sleepy Hollow. Villainy wears many masks, none so dangerous as the mask of virtue. <laughs> we are dealing with a madman. The widow Winship was with child. A strange sort of witch, with a kind and loving heart. I'm pinioned by a chain of reasoning. <laughs> oh, watch out for your head. Oh, boy. Uh, today on Film on the Rocks, we are talking about Sleepy Hollow from 1999. Welcome back to Film on the Rocks. We continue our October spooky season series with Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. I'm joined by my good buddy Nate. Nate, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. I'm excited to talk about Sleepy Hollow. And today, it's a very special episode because we have a very special guest. We are joined by Orlean at the Spooky Sisters Book Club. Thank you so much again for coming on to talk about uh, Sleepy Hollow, Orlean. Uh, would you mind telling us about yourself and your podcast? Sure. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I have a podcast called Spooky Sisters Book Club where I read really anything weird at this point. Uh, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, magical realism, anything you can think of. And this month I'm focusing on ghost stories. Ooh, I love a good ghost story. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming on. So today, like I said, we are talking about Sleepy Hollow from 1999. This movie was directed by Tim Burton. It was written by Kevin Yeager and Andrew Kevin Walker. Andrew Kevin Walker was also known. He's written some other movies. One that kind of stuck out to me, he was a writer on the movie Seven. This movie's... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this, That's a good one. This movie stars Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci, uh, Miranda Richardson, Michael Gambon, Jeffrey Jones, Richard Griffiths, Ian McDermott, and Christopher Walken with a special guest appearance from christopher lee wanted to plug that in there uh mm-hmm. like half of harry potter and star wars is in this yeah. movie <laughs> yeah yeah we actually got all three sith lords in this movie too oh. uh, count dooku <laughs> um darth maul and emperor palpatine how freaking dope oh the uh the prequel the prequel trilogy um <laughs> sith lords yeah okay oh i was going to ask if you knew about that so i guess i'll kind of talk about that the Ray Park, who played Darth Maul, he was the the fighting stunt man for the for the headless horseman in this movie, which I love that little fun fact. Mm-hmm. Dude, it, oh my god, it sparked so much joy in me. I was so excited to see it. <laughs> I guess I'll go ahead and mention how much money this movie made. So this movie had a budget of a hundred million dollars, which seems like oh a lot. Oh my god! Yes, that's so much money. <laughs> well, they had a they had to build that whole town themselves. So I think that's where a lot of it went towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it made over thirty million dollars this opening weekend, and it grossed over two hundred and six million dollars worldwide. So it did pretty good. Wow. There you go. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I think this movie kind of like had some clout. Tim Burton, you know, he was kind of you know famous for all of his other movies he's done, including like the Batman movies and Edward Scissorhands and um, Beetlejuice, I believe, was before this. So you know this and you know Johnny Depp uh, you know this movie has some clout to it so and also it, it's it's kind of like one of those like fun just like folklore like kind of ghost stories the headless horseman i feel like that that, that kind of draws on to a lot of people and tim burton he 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 brings the right aesthetic to a movie like this i think i, I just love mm-hmm. the the mood and the vibe of all this is so great um yeah. was this anybody's first viewing for the podcast of this movie <laughs> yeah I had no. never seen it before. So, so, oh, wow. So what did you think yeah. of it on your first viewing? I, th- I was excited. I was excited because I had just been wanting to see it. Um, like I had seen like cartoons of the Sleepy Hollow uh, as a kid. But um, I don't know. I kind of had to like muster up to it because I really wasn't sure what to expect. So like I went out, got a couple margaritas in me. And I was really, <laughs> <laughs> I was really expecting. And when I went out, I mean, I went and picked them up. Obviously, I can't go anywhere right now, but I don't know what I was expecting. I was kind of expecting to be scared a little bit, and I actually just thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and it was like the perfect movie to kind of start off this whole uh, October movie horror Halloween-themed film fest that we're doing, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I was, I was pretty excited for it. It got me in, <laughs> it got me in Halloween spirit, that's for sure. 
Yeah, it's such a, like a quintessential October movie. I just love it. It just has that vibe to it. Orlean, what was when was the first time you saw this? I think I saw it when it came out, to be honest. Oh, that's awesome. And not ever since. So <laughs> watching it this week, I was like, I think I liked this movie, but I couldn't tell you what it was about or what happened. Right. It was not what I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> so w- what's your opinion on the movie now after seeing it twice? Uh, overall, like... Like you said, really excellent spooky atmosphere. Like there's low laying fog everywhere, and the music is that like tinkly spooky music where you're like, what's gonna happen? Something's gonna come out of the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found the plot like kind of tedious, and the family tree stuff lost me a couple times where I was like, I don't yeah. care about this. Let's yeah. just keep getting to the story. <laughs> Yeah, my eyes go a little cross towards the end because, like, everybody, everybody has like the surname like Van something. So, I'm, oh um, can we have name tags, please, please, please? I'm new. I, this is. I couldn't keep it straight, and it didn't matter. Like, I mm-hmm. didn't care why he was targeting specific people in the family. Yeah, I mean, I still, I mean, I still like this movie a lot. I'll, but that is the one thing that I go like cross-eyed for that kind of yeah. loses points for me. But it doesn't make me dislike the movie. Yeah, it, it's something that you can just kind of zone out during. When they go too deep in the family tree stuff, you're like, all right, when are we getting to the spooky shit? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I do kind of like it, though, that it's not... I mean, you go two directions, you know. It's just the the apparition of the horseman that's, uh, that's like, torturing this small village of Sleepy Hollow, or, you know, it's somebody controlling him. And I kind of like... I mean, I feel like I would be fine either direction they went, but I kind of like the, the human element of this, that... It's just, it's all like human motivations that are driven by this. It's all greed and things like that. It's kind of driving it. It's not this unstoppable monster. Um, so as I was like, kind of like doing the research for this movie, Tim Burton said that he was really inspired by some of the older Hammer movies. And that's why he has like Christopher Lee in this movie. Because Christopher Lee played, he played like the mummy, he played Frankenstein. He played all those like monster characters. And so I really thought that was cool that he had like a cameo in this movie to like, nod to that and like the small fact that it's not i mean it is like a, a zombie horseman that is like the supernatural being but he's being controlled by someone else that is again a parallel to one of the hammer movies that christopher lee was in he was he was the mummy and somebody in that movie it was a human that was summoning and controlling the mummy to do his bidding so we, we get that same parallel here that was kind of like what Tim Burton was drawing inspiration from. So that kind of like made sense to me mm-hmm. and fun to see when you did the research. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I also feel like maybe that was the comedic tone that I didn't get was that throwback vibe. There were a couple moments that were like maybe funny, but didn't really work for me. And it almost felt kind of vintage horror. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't get any funny moments. When did you guys laugh really? during this movie? <laughs> it, it, <laughs> what? To me, it was mostly like the incompetence of Ichabod. He, he, he was... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because... Almost like a nutty professor kind of vibe. Where like he's a <laughs> yeah, little he's bit a little bumbling and silly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love like he like start a point, but he has like no punch to it. Like he just like make an observation and people like, you know... Um, so he decapitated him. People mostly do that so that way they can identify the body. And everybody's going, but we know who this is. He goes, exactly. Right. Why did he do that? And then he, he kind of like realizes, <laughs> wait, I don't have an answer to this. And that's something that is like a, not necessarily contrast, but a parallel to the original. So this is an adaptation of the short story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, written by Washington Irving from 1820. And the character Ichabod Crane was he was kind of written as or described as this as like kind of like this ugly looking person like he wasn't like a handsome character but you know johnny depp is pretty good looking right so it's um so instead of making him giving him prosthetics to make him ugly they gave him kind of like ugly characteristics like he thinks he's the smartest person in the room but he actually isn't or he kind of like fumbles over his own theories sometimes so they kind of gave him all of like these imperfect imperfect quirks or like how he's a coward like he he uses a child as a human shield when they go see the witch or you know he's like standing up on top of the the chair because there's a spider in the room so they gave him these undesirable characteristics instead of making him ugly which i thought was an interesting take on that it reminded me a lot of him and willy wonka later though and i couldn't unsee that oh really yeah like they share a lot of the same characteristics 
that's that's is that is that who your johnny depp like this is my go-to character with johnny depp is willy wonka no i think that's who ruined johnny depp for me that character (laughs) oh (laughs) oh Oh, whenever i think of him now i think of that weird character but (laughs) it just kind of reminded this was almost like a proto willy wonka type where he was like pretty eccentric but not overwhelmingly eccentric and Mm -hmm. like a little incompetent but not totally incompetent Mm -hmm. he he also wasn't like because you know they gave him this like a a, like authoritarian role with like being a constable uh in the short story he's not a constable he's actually a headmaster teacher and he's kind of a loser sort of and like the basically the, the threads that are the same are that he is in love with this Katrina character. Uh, this character named Brom is kind of pranking and uh, uh, being mean to Ichabod this whole time. But the and he kind of gets like scared out of town through like this uh, horseman story. Uh, there is like this interaction between the horseman and Ichabod Crane in the short story, but it's kind of ambiguous. Ambiguous on. The ending is I don't know if I want to spoil it here, but it's kind of like was it was it really the horseman or was it really Brom just dressed up like pulling a prank on him? It kind of like leaves you oh. to decide what happened in that, oh. and we, we do kind of there is homage to that in this movie where you know Brom just throw like the pumpkin at him when he's dressed up as the horseman, so it kind of just give you that sort of fun little Easter egg in this movie if you've read the short story. But yeah, so um, I, I did appreciate kind of a lot of the nods to, to that. Why was he investigating if he's just a headmaster? <clears throat> so it in, makes it weirder. So in the short story, he's not investigating anything. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he's so he's just, just like a, he's a citizen? Yes, yeah, yeah. He Well, he, he, is, he is an outsider, but he's coming into town to be like a headmaster, and he's, I guess back then it was customary for the teachers or headmasters to kind of just like couch hop and he's just like sleeping in the different he's like staying in the different houses th- th- in the town and again he's kind of a loser in the story so uh, <laughs> so I'm yeah really it, selling the story <laughs> it's 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 interesting i do like the ending of it but it is it's weird it is weird and so so like the plot of this is so it's a little it's actually really different from the plot of the uh, short story. Um, well, I'll say I'll say something about uh, the town itself. So I, I've actually visited Sleepy Hollow, um, Sleepy Hollow, New York, and I did one of those little like walking tours, uh, like through the cemetery, and saw like the old Dutch church and all these things, the lighthouse and such. This town, <laughs> just from like the pictures that I saw on that tour, compared to this movie, like nothing matched up <laughs> at all. Like there was no like. <laughs> I guess the the old Dutch church was the kind of the only thing that kind of um, was represented in the Sleepy Hollow movie, like compared okay. to what I had seen like in real life. But that church is actually located like within the cemetery, um, oh. which is where it all kind of takes place in the actual written story. Um, which this one not so much. I guess he kind of comes out of the woods, and the cemetery is more of like a side area. It's not as important. But I did think that was like a little bit interesting, um, just personal observation. It still would be cool to go and visit it. To be honest, I I personally would like to do that. <laughs> what like the Sleepy Hollow tour? Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a lot of oh, fun, dude. It was so cool that town. I went in October. The town was so into it. They were all decked out. Everybody's <laughs> front lawns. There were skeletons everywhere, and everyone's skeletons were headless horsemen, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and like the the roads were lined with like like cobblestone kind of I don't even I don't not it wasn't like cobblestone roads but like the little walls kind of holding up I guess the dirt mm-hmm. from whatever they cut into was all cobblestone. It just looked very old and um looked like very from that era. It definitely was very haunted seeming because it was like raining a little bit. Ooh, uh, there nice. was like fog when I was, <laughs> and I'm walking alone, right? Cause I was there for a work trip and I'm like, everyone's going to do stuff together at like the bar, the hotel bar. And I'm like, no, I kind of want to see the town. Like, um, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> and I'm going to go walk <laughs> around was... the cemetery by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Been there. And this was like, this was October, 2019. 
And because Brucker and I were actually going to do this episode back then, but this work trip was just such a disaster. This, it was actually part <laughs> of the reason I had to <laughs> leave the podcast. It was because my work was just keeping me on a string. Anyways, um, they had the horsemen actually walking around the cemetery. Oh, I love that. It was like, I didn't think it would freak me out because I knew it was coming because I had seen him when I was walking up. But when that horse came up next to me, <laughs> the horse was huge. <laughs> it was so big. And then the horseman, right? No head. And it just looked so real. And he like smelled even a little bit. Oh and then gosh. he like his whole body turned to me just like really quick and i actually like i like jumped i was like fuck <laughs> <laughs> holy crap and i actually felt like something was staring at me even though there was no head and uh my whole body just got like goosebumps and chills so cool. and i like did a shudder and i was like i i'm nope. done <laughs> i'm going i'm going back to my hotel room this is this is too much for me um that's amazing it super cool yeah that's so cool. My my great grandmother, her family is actually from Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. and that's all I know. I don't know anything else about the lineage of that or anything. But uh, yeah, so she, that's something that she always kind of told me because I was reading the novel, uh, movie adaptation, novelization of this movie. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And then she saw me reading that one, and she was, "Oh, you know, like my family's from there." I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, we come from the Van Tressels. Oh, God, yeah, I would hate myself. <laughs> Rucker Von Tressel. Oh, that's a good name. That sounds fancy. Oh, my God. Her middle name was Van. Oh, my. <gasps> oh, my God. You're about to be hunted on Halloween. Watch out. <laughs> uh, uh, is it weird that I'm like, I'm like hoping for that kind of like, please like spook Maybe me? Maybe you like, should never go visit Sleepy Hollow or like once you're in the bounds of the town, it starts. Just so Dude, that would be nuts. Brucker's like controlling the horseman. Dude, that do it, do it. <laughs> that's, so like I have that's on my mom's side, and then on my dad's side, I'm related to. I'm a descendant of one of the witches that was killed during the uh, Salem witch trials, Rebecca Nurse. So I just I got Wait, on both in real life. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so I got on both sides. So I'm your a, family tree is haunted. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My food crap, Brucker. <laughs> I think that's why I'm so drawn to this. Uh, but <laughs> oh it's in God. my blood. But uh, <laughs> so I, I'm kind of like getting like a, a good gauge, I think, for y'all's opinions on this movie. Let's see. I kind of want to see what y'all think of the Rotten Tomato score. So the Tomato Meter, the critics have this at a 69 percent. The audience score is at it 80%. Oh, my God. Where do y'all kind of fall on this? It's kind I of hard. I agree with yeah. the critics. Okay. I agree with you the What? Critics. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially compared to the last movie I was on here to talk about was The Mummy. Compare this to The Mummy. I mean, yeah, The, the Mummy is really good. I mean, that, but that, that's, it's also like a different genre. It's kind of like Apples and Origins. I is think. it a different genre or it's a, is it horror action adventure? It's horror action adventure. This one's like horror <laughs> fantasy but you got to look at it in a vacuum, though, right? It's its own entity. <laughs> yes, yeah. So just would, so so I'm you're leaning, leaning more towards, towards like audience. the high sixties for this movie. I'd say sixties, maybe seventy. I think okay. there's better Halloween fare to be had. Okay. What about you, Nate? Um, I think as I went, I went to the town and did the tour because of my connection to that. I'd say like mid eighties, mid low eighties. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like splitting the difference. I'm like high 70s, maybe 80%. Um, mm-hmm. Really, this movie kind of loses points with me really only, only on like two things. One, we kind of talked about it, how the whole plot is just kind of makes you go cross-eyed. It would have been, I think it would have been better if they had like left little breadcrumbs of like who could have been controlling the horseman because it kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, don't, yeah, I don't know if y'all felt did. that because yeah. we've only seen that character like once or twice. I don't even know she had speaking parts before the reveal. So it, it kind of just felt like a very Scooby-Doo-ish kind of like, hey, it was mm-hmm. this person the whole time. Yeah. It also, so what did y'all think the casting of Christopher Walken as the headless horseman? Like, how did y'all, how did y'all like that? I, I kind of wanted him to, to talk a little bit. <laughs> that was the best I could do. I like it. <laughs> I wanted to hear him. I thought he was way too huge of an actor to be in that role. Right? Yeah, he, he had no yeah. speaking parts. Just, ah, ah. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. Like, I think I had looked away from the screen at some point and looked back and was like, oh my God, Christopher Walken. Like, it's, when did you get here? Isn't it kind of mm-hmm. distracting? Like, as soon as he comes yeah, up, it's like, yes. It kinda takes you out of it because you're like, oh, that's definitely Christopher Walken. <laughs> yes. And his hair is just like hairsprayed. Like, just, it's just so. Uh, but he, like, I mean, put a fork in an electrical socket and he's just. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, like it looks good. I like the the crazy, super light blue contacts he's wearing. The razor sharp teeth I thought was interesting, but he he's literally just going the whole time. So I, I kind of would have <laughs> liked some speaking. Even roles, as maybe? a human, even as a human, he was doing that. <laughs> but here's here's my thought on why he was like monster like is because Ichabod Crane is hearing this story from somebody else who's currently being tortured by this monster, right? So they probably don't see him as, like, ever having been a human. He's always Mm. been, like, some demonic figure. So this is them, this is their interpretation of who he is. This is why we never actually hear him, like, be human-like. He was just always a monster that just killed, right? Oh, interesting. I like that. Good theory, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely do play on the whole Ichabod trying to, like, be... uh, He's trying to base everything in logic and science and... He's all about the scientific method and, you know, using logic to kind of solve most things. So it was kind of, I, I did like that aspect of this, that they really tried to, he, he was just such a skeptic on everything that was going on. So that, that I thought that was a fun element to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't help but think, though, when he started his investigation, that at the time he's living, we really didn't know anything about forensic investigation. Right. And then I, I got a little distracted about the actual science of it. Right, especially like when he just pours that powder over the decapitated head and it missed. He goes, it was decapitated in like one foul swoof oh, or whatever yeah. like that. And mm-hmm. my girlfriend just went, how? <laughs> I thought he was doing some, like, footprints. I don't even know. (laughs) No. The stride is ginormous. Well, it's a horse, so. (laughs) I don't know. There were almost parts of it that seemed like Tim Burton writing his own Sleepy Hollow fan fiction, where he was just like, and this will be fun, and I want them to be like this, and I want it to feel like this, Mm -hmm. rather than, like, an adaptation. That's actually a good point. I kind of feel it's more of what he wanted to do kind of thing. I think that... I guess, again, that kind of plays into how he, him wanting to draw in inspiration from all sorts of other movies. Like, the whole windmill scene, that's just straight out of, like, Frankenstein. So, again, that's, like, something that wasn't in the original. But I guess it's also kind of like, how do we make this short story a 90-minute movie? A 90-minute movie, and how many of my other movies can I tie into it at the same time? <laughs> yes. I did like that. Like, that Scarecrow was definitely uh, Jack Skeleton or whatever from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I didn't know. Like towards the beginning of the movie. Oh, it just it just that immediately pulled me out. I was like, oh wait, Tim Burton did (laughs) do both of these things. Yeah, a superior Halloween movie, by the way. (laughs) That one is a good. It's a Christmas movie, but you know, it's both. (laughs) You can watch it for both. (laughs) You really can. Um, And then the other one I noticed was uh, Johnny Depp looked when he was like looking out that circular window. um, I was like, is this? Am I watching Edward Scissorhands right now? Like, it just very much so looked like that. It was, like, the same mm. Johnny Depp, handsome look, but also, like, a little bit of darkness in him, right? But we actually never saw that darkness uh, within his Yeah, we really but, didn't. I yeah. thought we might. Yeah, there, not a whole, not a huge arc for, for Ichabod in this. Well, yeah, no, actually, no, I don't really think no, there is. not really. Which, again, it's fine. I mean, I still like this movie a lot. Like, I think it's just purely entertaining and it kind of yeah. just really hits all those things that I love it because it has a, it's not like a horror vibe it's a spooky vibe. I don't know how to mm-hmm. explain that, but I just love it. And, you know, kind of like what Orlean was saying with the, there's fog in every scene, the whole Western woods looks awesome. I just love yeah. it. And yeah. it the, like the color correction on this is just like the right hue. I don't know if this is true. I'm, I'm a little skeptical of this trivia fact I found. So apparently this whole movie was shot through a blue filter and so all of the blood that they used was actually orange but it looked red through the oh. blue filter oh, but cool. i i don't know why i'm a, kind of skeptical of that <laughs> no it makes I mean, sense the movie did feel cold like the whole time mm-hmm. so it makes sense yeah and i mean just think of like the whiteness of christina ricci's skin it it's almost like they're going for that undead pallor 
-hmm. Yeah. Like, she was so pale, and her hair was so pale, and she was always wearing white. Can we kind of talk about, like, the, the, the age difference in this, like, love relationship that they're trying to put between them two? Yeah, she looked like she was like thirteen. She yeah, was, that was really was, creepy. Yeah, he was a full mm-hmm. adult man. Yeah, it's actually a seventeen-year difference between the two oh my God. actors, like in real life. Yeah, in real life. And Johnny Depp oh. said he was actually really uncomfortable with this because he has personally known her since she was nine. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was because I mean she she does look like a I mean I think she was. Uh, she had to be a teenager here, right? When the movie came out, she was nineteen. When the movie came out, so she was maybe eighteen oh. w- when they filmed it, but still, it was, you know, just yeah. dancing on that line, right? Yeah, I mean, that means he was in his thirties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was in his thirties. It was, uh, but I watched interviews with her, and she was kind of just like, "He's not bad to look at," so I was cool with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, kind of, I think, the height of Johnny Depp dream boat is this time. Mm-hmm. Like, he's pretty. He's in teen magazines. So is this peak Johnny Depp or is Pirates of the Caribbean peak Johnny Depp? No, that's when he's old. He okay. just got more popular. He used to be super hot. <laughs> I mean, okay, I again, <laughs> I'm I'm very comfortable with my sexuality, so I feel comfortable saying this. I was very distracted by how good looking Johnny Depp was <laughs> <laughs> in this movie, because like you were saying, like uh, he was an old Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. He did. Like I just remember seeing the movie. Like he's just like, just an old guy, quirky, eccentric, just whatever. Um, and he's just kind of who people think of when they see Johnny Depp. And again, like the only young movies I'd seen Johnny Depp as were uh, Edward Scissorhands. So, uh-huh. and even in that one, he just looks <laughs> a little a little different. Yeah. But in this one, I was just like, oh damn, he's like, he's like he's a good pretty. looking guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they really played it up with also like making him pale and smooth and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This was just I. I didn't do any research on how popular he was at the time, but I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, like girls were cutting pictures out of magazines at this time. Yeah, yeah. And I was trying to place where this movie is in his whole like. Because didn't he like have like a big downfall, like him and Rob Lowe and uh, Robert Downey Jr. I feel I feel like they were kind of a crew, and they all had this like peak in the '80s, and then they all plummeted because they were all like doing weird stuff, and then. They all peaked again. You mean drugs? You mean a lot of drugs, I think? Yeah. <laughs> well, drugs and just like skeptic, skeptical things, skeptical decisions. I think Rob Lowe was a big one. Because I think when I think of Rob Lowe, I think of, uh, uh, what's that show? I just think of the low files. Parks and Rec. <laughs> oh, yeah. Parks and Rec was like is. him up on the upswing mm-hmm, coming exactly. out of it. But, I mean, same with Winona Ryder. Same generation. Mm-hmm. Like, she and Johnny Depp used to star in things. And she fell out of the spotlight until stranger things oh really lifting yeah. yeah she got hugely unpopular probably around this time oh i didn't know that crazy i know there have been so many revivals of like 80s stars in our time <laughs> well i think that this is perfect segue to say it sounds like these people could have used some accountability it's a surprise ad so <laughs> i want to thank slick. i want to thank today's sponsor supporty supporty is a super awesome accountability service <laughs> I can't get around how fucking cheesy I am. Oh boy, but Supporty's awesome. Uh, uh, Supporty's awesome. Uh, if you're having trouble meeting your goals or staying motivated or feel like you need some accountability, that's what. That's everything that Supporty's about. Their whole idea is that if you have somebody helping you come up with a plan, holding you accountable to that plan, that you will you're more likely to stay motivated and actually accomplish your goals. With Supporty, you get partnered with an accountability buddy and y'all help each other stay on track. It's really easy, simple, and it's low pressure. It's not added pressure. If anything, they kind of help you figure out what's going on or there's any sort of hurdles you need to get over. Um, you can head to getsupporty.com or swipe over to our show notes and click the link. From this movie, I kind of felt like that there was an odd uh, accountability relationship between the stepmother and the horseman. Uh, she was in an odd way keeping him accountable by like killing people for her own bidding but this was this is not what support is about that's a really negative uh relationship between them uh nate who did you think could have used some accountability in this oof uh i mean johnny depp himself man <laughs> like he needs to uh, like you i think you talked about before he uses his child as like a bot a meat shield <laughs> when he's going to meet the witch uh like hey man you need to get your priorities straight and you need to think about you know protect these kids you can't be putting them in in harm's way just because they're the only one who wants to go with you like don't let this kid go with you 
take accountability, do it yourself, and uh, <laughs> you know, come out with the results. You're a constable for for goodness sake, you know. Yeah, he's kind of a coward. So mm-hmm. head to getsupporty.com or you can download the free app today. Tell him that Film on the Rock sent you, and you can start your two-week free trial today. All right, guys. So let's get into the drinking rules. Uh, Orlean, since you are our guest, would you like to start us off? Sure. So my first one is drink whenever Johnny Depp makes one of his faces. And like, I don't know how to describe that more. Just he does like a little quirk of his eyebrow or a weird like <gasps> gasp like face. Like a smolder, or, right? Yeah, yeah, he just has a lot of weird faces that the camera likes to pause on for a second. So we're all like, <laughs> yeah, what is Johnny Depp thinking? His face just <laughs> does things, you know, oh, man. It- <laughs> I really think Tim Burton is just a little bit in love with him and likes to yeah, zoom probably. in on his face occasionally and be like, Johnny, just emote for me right now. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> shut up. Johnny's on the screen. He's the guy where uh, Johnny Depp says any like lame joke and Tim Burton's just like, ha 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 ha. You're so yes. funny. <laughs> and everyone's like, that really wasn't, I don't think that was a joke. But, yeah, Sorry, continue. So I also have drink whenever you get confused about the family tree mm. because every time it came up, I was like, wait, what did they say last time? What? Who's related? Who's a what? Who's I a just, what? I, I just lost it at some point, and I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to keep watching. They're all so similar, and they all look the same. <clears throat> that is a part of the yeah, movie I could have done spend, without. We didn't spend enough time with any people to delineate families. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. Like, Van Garrett's from the Van Tassels and the Van Hoochahevers. Like, it was just... We don't know any of you. It does it. It was more confusing than, like, Whoville. Like, everybody... It was just so <laughs> confusing. Yeah. Um, also, drink whenever you see low-lying fog, because there are often just shots where it's like, ooh, it's a foggy scene. That's What's a dangerous say, or rule. <laughs> that's a dangerous You're going to get a... real foggy doing that rule, too. <laughs> Uh, and then my last one really puts you over the edge, which is drink whenever the music gets spooky. Uh, yes, I want to talk the about the music. The soundtrack is really good. Yeah, Danny Elfman killed it in this. Very spooky. <laughs> so those are all mine. Love them. Yeah, I like the mix of uh, visual and audible. Oh <laughs> yeah, thanks. Big big fan of those. Big fan of uh, texting during movies. So <laughs> <laughs> and needing those types of things. Um, okay, so. I, too, mixed uh, a little bit of visual and audible uh, drinking rules. So for every decapitation, um, mm. comes with a nice little slicing noise <laughs> and maybe a little spin at the end, a spin of the head. Uh, so take a drink. Every time we see a pumpkin, this one's going to mess you up. There are pumpkins mm. everywhere in this dang movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, take yourself a little drink. Um, and then this one, these two you can kind of interchange whichever one you want. So either the horse footsteps, not for every single footstep, but every time like we hear the footsteps, do gotcha. like a quick little like three second waterfall, okay. um, or every time they shoot the horseman. So individual shots, which is so pointless. He is already dead. Why are we shooting this dude? It's doing. Nothing. Why do they keep shooting but, him? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> I, I, Knock yeah. him off the horse. You know, it just makes me feel good. This. <laughs> This like they need to like just take like the Patrick Star approach. Let's just push the city somewhere else. Like y'all just need to, because like just move away from the Western Woods. I don't understand, but go on. Oh no, that was it. Those are my rules. So, so I like two that. solid ones and an, an interchangeable one for whatever you want. I uh, you and I overlapped on the pumpkins and beheadings. Um, mm-hmm. You're right. There's nice. which I love. We need more jack o' lanterns in movies. Like I don't care. Like put them in James Bond <laughs> movies. We need more jack o' lanterns in movies. Um, especially when uh, Ichabod walks in. I think it's Van Tessel Dumbledore's house when he when he first gets to town because in that room or in that house there's just pumpkins like on the fire mantle on like the door when he first walks in. They're everywhere. It was kind of really fun to point that out. Um, so, and of course the scarecrow, which is really great scarecrow acting. I gotta say that was mm-hmm. great scarecrow. <laughs> My third drinking rule besides the pumpkins and beheadings was every time we see horses running in like through the Western woods. So like whenever like there's like a chase scene or some people, mm-hmm. some people running through the Western woods, take a drink, which I just love. It just looks awesome. It just looks so cool. It just, mm-hmm. I, just I just geek out every time. My fourth drinking rule is, oh, drink whenever Johnny Depp does the whole uh, cardinal birdcage flip thing. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, which that was not in the 
in the short story, but cool, cool little fun thing. Okay, so my fifth drinking rule. I'm about to sound like such an idiot. So y'all let me know if you. I have a feeling Orlean would know the word for this, but for the lack of knowing this word, drink whenever a horse pops a wheelie. I don't know what that's called when they kind of like neigh and oh. they stand up on their back legs. I don't know what that's called. Rear. Rear. Okay, thanks. So whenever a horse rears, pops take a drink. A wheelie. I didn't know Are how you to know, off their wheels. I was like, well, Are you an equestrian? How would you know that? That's so. I feel like that she's read so eight. Word. It's this just... is why you just read a shit ton. Like, you just put all these words in your head. I wow. could have very easily Googled what that was, but I wanted... <laughs> but, because... but what would you have Googled? What would you have specifically typed in? Horse pops wheelie. Exactly. So I kind of was like, you know what? I want to describe my <laughs> my thought process for this. So you had a the... much better way of uh, stating. I would have been like, you know when the horse goes... <laughs> That's how I would have described it. But that Um, is not the same thing. So, yes, I think, like, the most dramatic, like, like, I don't know, like, bellow dramatic uh, moment of a horse popping a wheelie, I'm just going to stay on brand with that. That's fine. uh, Is when Katrina and Ichabod get into, like, that little fight, because she, like, I think she, like, burns the evidence he has on someone. Mm -hmm. And when she leaves, like, the horse rears. And she's just she just keeps eye contact with him the whole time. It is just so it was, it was so extra. And <laughs> it was a flex. Yes, it was. It, to me, I was kind of like, who is this for? Like, <laughs> it's for Tim Burton. Everything in this movie is for Tim Burton. That's a hundred percent correct. <laughs> I feel like all these directors all have their own little quirks and stuff because Tim Burton definitely had his own things that he puts in there for himself. But, like, the whole, like, Quentin Tarantino loving feet. So, in all his movies, he's got, like, feet close-ups and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He has a foot fetish, I'm pretty sure. But <laughs> <laughs> So, Tim Burns in the theater. He's just like, oh, yeah. That was for me. More <laughs> fog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, so, uh, what? So, let's kind of move on to the scenes, the meat of this movie. So, what kind of scenes do uh, we want to talk about? Or what, what all popped out to you? Uh, the British accents really threw me off. Because oh. I was in the. <laughs> Did that? Well, it's so 1799. It, would there still be? Yeah. Well, okay. here's my here's my <laughs> thought to that. I feel like Orlean kind of has something too. So yes, the United States was founded in 1776, but it was settled for like a very long time before that, right? So I feel yeah. like by 1799, like the accents kind of would have fizzled. We would have got more of an in between between the British accent, the American accent that we know today. So that, that point where I was just like, okay, mm, I don't know if that was completely uh, consistent. What were you going to say, Orlean? Cause you, I was going to say it's fine if they still have British accents, as long as they would all match. None <laughs> of them matched. It's like, where, who taught you all to speak? Like, why did Christina Ricci have this weird, like Brit American accent and her stepmom was full American yeah it oh yeah it did i would have expected the older people to maybe retain some british you know Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it did it does always make me forget where this movie actually takes place because <laughs> yes. I, I always forget that sleepy hollow is supposed to be like like an like an american like a new york yeah. uh folk tale but because of that i always think oh this is somewhere in the uk whenever i watch this but yeah it does throw me off mm-hmm yeah. yeah, no it, one's it, matched, and Johnny Depp just did his like dandy man voice that he does. <laughs> he does, <laughs> he does do that. I think the only thing that brought me back and reminded me that Sleepy Hollow is in the United States in New York was just I saw the the 1799 American flag in the background. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, no Union Jack. Okay, we're that's like an eagle dead. eye spotter. I did not notice that at all. Mm-hmm. I was like counting the stars. Like, oh, how many states do you have at this point? I really love the long opening we get when uh, Johnny Depp is actually traveling to Sleepy Hollow because mm-hmm. you know, Danny Elfman's scores are awesome. I mean, he's one, he's just a great composer. He's kind of a staple for Tim Burton. He's basically John Williamson to Steven Spielberg, really. And uh, Nate, in case you didn't know, Danny Elfman also did the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie scores that we've oh. covered before. So yeah, it's the elf man. It's awesome. And so you really get to just be immersed in this score and 
it also kind of like sets you in the time because we're watching him travel and it's kind of like a long scene so it's like you kind of really felt oh it took them this long to only travel 25 miles so mm-hmm. it, it kind of like wait he was coming from like manhattan or something I, yes, New York, Brooklyn, somewhere in New York. Yeah. Oh, okay, or did he okay. say the Bronx? I feel like I heard Bronx somewhere mentioned. I did. You, you did know hear what? Bronx. If you say New York, it covers it all. Yeah, it's just just mm-hmm. flat. Yeah. <laughs> How many people are just rolling their eyes right now? But yeah, so there's, <laughs> so yeah, it kind of like really sets you in that time of like, oh yeah, it took them this long to travel. So I I really I just felt like, ooh, I'm like, I'm settling into this movie. I love it. Yeah, I think the opening is actually one of the best parts of the movie. The music, the atmosphere, like everything really works together to get you into like, oh, this is going to get spooky. Like it's going to be good, mm-hmm. you know, and you're almost Sets like anticipating tone. what's going to happen next when he mm-hmm. arrives. Yeah, it is really nice when they kind of submerge you in the setting a little bit, which I thought was really, really good with this movie. I've really felt like it was we were where we were supposed to be. Everything kind of matched, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to jump too far ahead. No, feel free. We jump around so much. <laughs> uh, the tree of heads was oh. really surprisingly gruesome. Yeah, the tree yeah. of the dead was awesome. I, I love that the design so of weird. it. Yeah, the tree itself was really cool. And then when he starts like hacking into it and you just see these faces. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And it's bleeding. And oh, it's just really like visceral horror. It's great. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Tim Burton said that he just loved throwing blood on Johnny Depp. So any so any opportunity that they got to just spray him down, because Johnny Depp hated it, that he just loved taking advantage of it. This is like a <laughs> fetish. <laughs> this is like a Johnny Depp fetish, where he's like, Johnny, Johnny, just let me do this. Johnny, it'll look so good. <laughs> Did he start out. chopping for any reason? I thought that was so weird. He was just like, hold on, let me try something. And he just takes a hatchet and he's just like, that's a good point. I don't know why he was doing I thought at first he was like trying to cut in, like cut it down or like start to attack it. But mm-hmm. then, I, I don't know, maybe it's entirely full of heads. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I actually don't know why he starts hacking at it. Yeah. See, I feel like this whole movie was kind of like a missed opportunity in terms, and this is kind of going back to what Brucker was saying earlier, where like they didn't really give us clues as to who was doing what throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this really could have been an opportunity to make it sort of like a mystery, a solvable mystery within the movie. And I feel like, especially, particularly with like the the hatchet hacking, like we didn't really set that up for him to think like, oh, there could be something in this tree. Mm-hmm. You know, at no point was I like, oh, this tree's haunted. At that point, I was just like, oh, there's the sword by the grave. There's something going on with the grave. Maybe we should go in there. But yeah, hatchet it was, was his like- first move, whatever video game plot in that way where it was like we know that the characters need to move from here to here and like touch this thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's no like real MacGuffin either that he's going after he's just trying to find the resting place of the horseman yeah it's it is almost strange they went anti-mystery there's no mystery here that they're trying to pull us along with mm-hmm. we're just observers mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point yeah because it's not until I think like maybe over halfway through that Johnny Depp realizes that whoever possesses the head is controlling the, the horseman mm-hmm. and that, that then becomes a mystery, but it's only for like the last maybe half hour, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did kind of take us on that whole like family name tangent that really didn't oh my God. tie into I, the movie that much. Well, I mean, I it just, did tie into the movie. It just didn't make sense. I remember now being bored as he's looking <laughs> at these damn family trees. I was just like, ugh. <laughs> Pay attention, pay attention. <laughs> it, it's just easily the worst part. Like, why invent a plot that makes people feel like this? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's not great, that part. <laughs> and, I mean, they could have even thrown out this complicated plot and just been like, ooh, look, bats. Ooh, it's a full moon. Ooh, let's, like, make it even spookier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was... It, they, did, they didn't do it a ton like a ton with the names that were kind of boring. Uh, but if they did kind of drag it out, I was very happy with how long this movie was. It was only like an hour 45. So if this movie was two hours and they did more of the name stuff, oh. I definitely would have checked out. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know. I still kind of, I, th- I thought it was, it didn't lose me too much. I didn't look at my phone at all during this movie. So, wow. Um, except, except to text Brucker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that is how I measure movies. I'm very, 
I am not a movie critic by any means, but I definitely texted Brucker halfway and I was like, dude, this is awesome. I love this. <laughs> yeah, I was actually so, really excited about that. You text me 15 minutes in, I'm already loving it because I thought oh, wow. that you would have hated this movie for some reason. So, <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. No, I'm like surprised at how much I'm liking like all these horror movies. So, because I, I don't like them at all, you know, typically. So, mm-hmm. this is fun. Well, this is a weird like horror vibe and it's really bloody, but there's nothing that you're actually scared that you're going to see. Mm hmm. I will say there are some like some moments that are very, I guess like scary. Like to me, like the scariest one of the scariest parts of the movie is when the horseman comes and he wipes out that whole family. Oh yeah. That 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 was scary. And like you oh, know, boy. they they had the guts to go ahead and kill the kid, which oh, wow. you know what I appreciate. I mean, I hate how like kids are always. <laughs> I hate how kids are always safe. And that's something Tim Burton said on the DVD commentary for this. He said, he goes, oh, I fucking hate it when movies spare the kids. Fucking kill them. Like, and that's why he did it in this movie. A bit, I will say it was done in a tasteful way. I don't But it, it would have been a lot worse if they actually showed the beheading. But, yeah. you know, it's, they just cut to him. And he's like, oh, it, it's assumed. All right. I know what happened. He, he got that mm-hmm. kid. And Ray Park is terrifying as, like, he is the stuntman is just, he's so agile and, like, quick. He's mm-hmm. dual wielding an axe and a sword. Like, fuck like it's just awesome speaking of the dual wield um sword and axe by ray park how about ray park darth mauling that uh that that one dude brom yeah (laughs) brom completely cutting him in half i called him gaston because he was a good looking dude you Uh, called him what gaston (laughs) (laughs) like from beauty and the beast uh because i didn't i didn't catch his name at all in the movie uh, but that dude held his own. But at the end, man, he got he fucked him like he sliced him in half, and it's great. It was very, it was very Darth Maul like ooh, and then he yeah. just tumbled. And it's very I much really like didn't see that coming. And it's very no. much like they could have avoided this because he wasn't trying to fight them. He was just trying to get out. And yeah, it was it was just so good. I love it. Oh, another yeah. scene. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, no, go ahead. Another scene. I just love when they're these like establishing spooky shots. So when Johnny Depp is standing and he hears something and he looks back through like the wooden covered bridge and there's nothing, but there's just like fog and spooky wind. I just mm-hmm. love those. See, I think those are done really well mm-hmm. where just the anticipation of the horseman scenes. Right. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like the, the frogs croating sounds like they're saying Ichabod. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I did not catch that. <laughs> I watched this. Good catch. I watched this with subtitles. So that's why. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's funny um i did feel like this movie gave itself a lot of time to breathe you know because a lot of these movies mm-hmm. tend to like move a little bit fast and we're just kind of jumping between scenes but this one it was just like all right something big happened and then we can pause for a moment and i feel like a lot of big things there were a lot of like action peaks throughout the movie which kind of kept me engaged mm-hmm. like there wasn't mm-hmm. it didn't lead up to one big kill i mean in a way it did but at the same time it was like no like we had some pretty consistent action like from the start like two minutes in we already saw like that dude yeah. uh, those two guys get beheaded the um, van garrett's only know that because their name is on the carriage oh okay okay again name tags that that helped me right there <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> but no, oh, i agree with you i remember the first time i watched this because you know there's so many parts and this isn't a complaint but there's so many parts where you know the horseman is it's like the anticipation buildup of him about to run out of the woods and come mm-hmm. assassinate someone. I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, I was always like dreading whenever that was happening. It's like, no, no, no. Like, like he's about to come kill someone. I, it, so it, they did a good job at like making you fear it, at least for me. Cause I was a kid mm-hmm. when I first watched this. Oh damn. Yeah. I, I was kind of wondering who the audience is for this, given like kind of the light comedy, but also the bloodiness, but not real horror. Like, who is this for? Yeah, and it's if it was like going after like kind of like the teenagers, because like mm-hmm. I think I was kind of what it felt like. But but then don't make it R, because then you're eliminating right. that. But but again, it's R rating, so it makes it good. Like all like the blood, and because we actually see the the head spin off as they get decapitated, and all like that's what mm-hmm. makes this movie bring it to the next level that's really good so it's it's kind of stuck in that gray area where like mm-hmm. it needs to be r but it's missing its target audience that way yeah i agree i think like a bunch of 17 year olds would love this movie 
mm-hmm. around Halloween. Like it almost seems like that's the audience that they're ultimately going for. How many decapitations can we have until it's not PG thirteen anymore, though? Like, where, probably where is that it line? might just be one. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> yeah, it might be following the, the, the F word rule. I mean, like, hey, you you right. showed a child get murdered. That's an R. <laughs> That's it. That's true. Like, yeah. it might not even be the decapitation. Yeah, because be... like, it's kind of like the the conjuring. The conjuring is rated R, but I don't think there's like really F bombs in that, and there's nothing gr- grotesque in it. It's just. It's pure terror that they have to make it an R just for that. So mm-hmm. this, while this isn't exactly as terrifying, it's kind of like the whole, you're watching people get decapitated. Like they don't show the shadows, they don't cut away, and you just mm-hmm. see the headless body. Like they're showing everything. And that's something that Tim Burton said he wanted. He wanted to come up with a way to do this. And it was kind of cool like how they made like uh, mannequins for everybody and, that, mm-hmm. and their skeletons were held by magnets. And so after the decapitation, they would just turn off the magnets, so that way it just looked like their knees buckled naturally. So it was it was kind of cool how much, uh, how many like, like all the like practical effects that they put into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's neat. Um, I have another scene, although it's the last scene. So if we want to wait to talk about that, no, no, go ahead. Um, so we'll jump I around like... again. <laughs> okay, um, I really like the last scene, and I don't know if this was intentional, but it almost felt like by getting out of sleepy hollow and waking up in the city they've like escaped spiritual halloween and they've made it to winter <laughs> oh that's a really cool that's a really cool that's interpretation what it felt like to me that like they had spent this whole time in spooky halloween and then they get to the city and it's snowing and it's winter and like they're out of it i like that a lot it's like you survived october welcome to to <laughs> november you know because it's not foggy anymore now it's snowy right, i like that something like that interesting okay I don't know if that was the point. That's just what I took from it. No, no, no. I liked I liked how you pulled that away. That's very cool. I want to point out probably what I think is the best kill of the movie, the whole yeah. like church scene. Everybody's like the whole town's going to the to the church cuz the horseman can't cross that threshold. Which which was kind of like a fun like little details like mm-hmm. oh he is of the devil, you know. But I love the whole like hysteria cuz I felt like a lot of ties to like like witch hunting in this movie like everybody nobody could trust each other and everybody's just like turning on each other and of course they're turning on the wrong people and like two guys like kill each other somebody kills himself i think and then the horseman just fucking kills dumbledore it's such a cool (laughs) such a cool kill i love this he just like fishes him out i love he just drags him enough just to he can decapitate him he didn't bring up the whole body out it was Mm-hmm. I love it. It was it was one uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, he went fishing, man. <laughs> he threw that stake through that window, ripped him right out. Um, a, a scene that really scenes that definitely popped out to me that I just thought was uh, <laughs> it was just weird. I don't know. My girlfriend and I both were kind of like, well, this is it's a little extra. Was the scenes with Johnny Depp's flashbacks to his mom? Oh, I could have yeah. done what without that. that? What was that? Are you talking about you, the wardrobe choice with her? All of it. All of it was so <laughs> strange. That it was like, what are you trying to tell me right now? Yeah. I was like, why her boobs out so much? Like, this is, I was but, like, yeah. this is so unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. It was very <sighs> noticeable. The whole time I was like, does Tim Burton also have like a mom thing? What is Ooh, going on mm-hmm. with this scene? Yikes. Yeah. I, it, 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 I could have done without all that. I mean, I think the yeah. only thing it does is that it shows his bias against, like, the supernatural. Like, everything needs to be grounded in logic. I could see, like, how that kind of, like, seeds his bias against that. But, but we why don't... is she floating and stuff? Exactly. Well, mm-hmm. I, th- I think she was a, a witch. So, it's kind of showing her... I thought that, too. It's so weird. So, it, it just... Because, uh, like, she, like, does, like, the same spells in the dirt that Katrina, uh, Katrina does. And that's, like, why she gets killed. But... It's we didn't need that for his motivation. Like you could have just like he could just be a guy who's like a man of science or whatever, and we didn't need this backstory to explain that. Yeah, well, I think between we... that and the last scene, they're trying to set up, if not a sequel, a whole series. Oh, you think so? I think there was a lot of backstory put into this movie that is like kind of visited. But we never mm-hmm. really see why it's there, and I think it would have come out in future installments. Are you talking about with like the twin sister witches and stuff? Yeah, or? I think there was a lot yeah. of like mythology that was inserted here that they could have mm-hmm. built on either with different characters or the same characters. I kind of okay. liked the twin sister stuff 
but just because it was like short and it's kind of like oh okay that there's like that tie there but again i think they're just trying to pad the runtime like we got to get this to be like a, a movie's length so just pad it with whatever you got to him mm-hmm. i struggled with this part was there any sort of like message or like a lesson from this movie y'all were kind of able to pull out of this i i'll be honest i kind of struggled with this i don't think this is a message movie <laughs> yeah i just i feel like there's something there about like you know the the real monsters man but not really uh i just i don't know i mean i, I think this movie is just purely spooky entertainment i don't think that there was this wasn't supposed to be a thinker even though mm-hmm. you go cross-eyed at the end with the whole web or family tree but what about you nate did you have anything mm, i don't know listen to your elders <laughs> right. or not but, listen like, to them should you yeah <laughs> Like every time the movie is like, listen to your elders, but wait, maybe don't. But listen to them, but not these. Well, no. Well, the listen to your elders part kind of comes from um, like the second Constable Ichabod Crane comes in. They're telling him like, this is what's happening. This is what's killing mm. us. And Johnny Depp's like, no, I'm going to investigate. And then once he actually sees it, he's like, I saw the Headless Horseman. He's what's doing this. And the guy literally says, I know. <laughs> That's what we've been telling <laughs> like, you. We've been telling you this. Um, maybe just I don't know. Heed the warnings of your elders, so you don't make mistakes of the past. Maybe that's uh, hey, I mean, that that's is something. General horror <laughs> message. <laughs> yes, I, I will take it. That's way more than I got. I couldn't. I was like, the answer lies somewhere between logic and like, like I don't know, the supernatural. But that doesn't. I don't know. I just. But I really like your take. I'm, I I will take that. 100%. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I pat myself on the back. Alrighty, so sequel talk. Should there be a sequel to this? Nope. I mean, should <laughs> is just a strong word. Could, definitely. But okay. should. I don't think this was strong enough to want people to either care enough about the characters or the mythology to see more. I agree. Like, we needed more investment in something solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. I like it. I like it more as just a short story. Just keep it Keep it the way it mm-hmm. is. Don't you, don't stretch it out. Don't monetize it too much, and we'll be good. We'll be good. Yeah, I create no no sequel. Also, honestly, I don't even know how you would do it. And it the story's been told, so I'm cool I mean, with it. obviously, you'd have the family tree extended by several more generations, and then you'd have the horsemen come back, and they'd get into this whole family tree stuff. Or mm-hmm. what I actually thought of after that last scene. Um, why does Christina Ricci just like go with a strange man to a new city to live with him? But whatever, maybe they form a detective agency. Okay. Oh, and the, the boy is their assistant. <laughs> yes, uh, young Masbeth or whatever his name was. I'm yes. kind of happy that he adopted him because his parents got or were killed. This strange man just adopted this like teenage girl and young boy and brought them to a city to live with him. <laughs> like what? That was so strange. I, I kind of like the like the the duo with him and the in the boy, but um, yeah, it, it's kind it is kind of weird. Like the constable came in and he left with two kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the only positive spin I can think is that they start doing supernatural mysteries together. That's like yeah, a whole other tone. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's investigate the American. Uh... The American side of a mystery horror. I mean, mystery. just think of how many ghosts there are in Manhattan or Brooklyn mm-hmm. or Queens or whatever the fuck. There's ghosts <laughs> all over. Wherever this movie takes place. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can I drop a quick this has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about. Can I just sure. throw in this little fun fact? It's like the one fun fact that I found because there really wasn't it was more like production fun facts that I was coming across and it's not really what I was looking for. But this one we get one little Disney nod at the beginning of the movie. Did we catch it? No. No. Okay, I didn't catch it either. I Googled it. Okay. Uh, so apparently back when Washington Irving wrote this back in the day, uh, Disney popularized it in 1949. So Tim Burton does a little nod to Disney whenever that letter is being sent and they're dropping the wax on the letter. It makes uh, a Mickey head. before he presses it i didn't catch that at all yeah i didn't either again i googled it (laughs) no (laughs) no credit to me whatsoever i'm simply the messenger 
So I mean, I think this movie, in one way of having a spinoff, could be like a cool Disney World or like a Disney Park. Ooh, I think yeah. you could set an entire foggy, creepy, sleepy hollow somewhere in Disney and get to like explore and walk around the cemetery and go into the houses and stuff. And get chased by the horsemen. That, yeah, would, that would be totally. fun. Like, that I think that'd cool. be neat. That would be like Cause a cool, they, I was gonna say it'd be like a cool like one of those like haunted like forest like said so like haunted house yeah. like a haunted forest like around Halloween you know go like walk through there mm-hmm. that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I mean they kind of did that with Pirates of the Caribbean because I mean Pirates of the Caribbean I'm pretty sure it was a ride before it was anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they just now there's like a billion movies out for that and like two of them are at least pretty good you know. So one half yeah but I was. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, 1.75 of them are actually pretty good. Everybody's allowed to have an opinion. (laughs) But yeah, I think they could pull something out of their ass, right? And that would be the one I would want to do because, again, that's like my aesthetic that I I go for for October. I want want that, not the, Mm -hmm. I don't know, other things that you get from it. But it it was a lot of fun. I I really, I know like we kind of like, nit or not really nitpick but it's because it they're a little bit more than nitpicks but uh, <laughs> yeah. has some, some legitimate complaints about this movie but it's still like i think it's just purely entertaining just turn your head off and mm-hmm. watch it it's just a lot of fun yeah if nothing else put it on while you're like making spooky cookies or something it's great it's for perfect. carving pumpkins that's what we did last year yes or like at your halloween party put this on in the background oh, yes mm-hmm. Yeah, if well, anything, don't have a Halloween party you. actually. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Zoom Halloween party. Everyone's Halloween wearing masks. Party. Yeah, <laughs> six feet apart. Actually, headless horseman is kind of the perfect costume for a pandemic, right? Very true. <laughs> I like that. Oh. Um, I did want to ask Orlene, what does horror mean to you? Because um, I've asked, I've asked another guest on the podcast oh, what it fun. meant to her, and I'm just curious, like. Because I, I personally, I ne- I've never gotten the whole, like, appeal with horror, right? Because for me, I keep tying it back into, like, gore uh, and bloodiness and things, just general un- unpleasantry that I don't like. But I know there are things to it that other people do appreciate that I'm just not seeing. So what, so what do you see in these movies? What draws you to them? Great question. I would say the thing I like most about horror is when you feel unsettled and paranoid. Like that is the feeling that I actually want horror to give me. I don't want to be mm-hmm. grossed out and I don't want to be like actively scared that someone is coming after me. But things like creeping dread really like define horror to me. Um, things where it's not obvious that there's a monster. You have no idea what's going on, but like everyone is scared or like hysteria is a great example of horror where it, like mm-hmm there's no monster and we're doing it to ourselves using just the power of our minds. And that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. So you like the psychological aspect of things. Um, you like the thrill associated with it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like, I guess I like the anxiety of horror more than mm-hmm. like the fear. Mm-hmm. I like the potential horror. Um, so I don't really like gruesome stuff at all. I don't watch bloody. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I just watched, Oh, what was that dumb fucking train movie? Um, oh, Midnight Meat Train? I'm just throwing that out there. That no, was a movie I know about. Train really to Busan? Popular. Train no, to Busan? The one, the ice train. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Like, that is just gore horror. Not what I was expecting at all. Like, literally, a door opens and there's just 30 guys in, like, black masks and axes. Like, that is just <laughs> gore horror to me. <laughs> um, yeah. And, like, so that's not you my didn't, thing. You didn't find any point to that? No, I thought, I mean, I really hate torture porn as a genre and like all this mm-hmm. ultra violence I, that doesn't scare me in the way that I want to be scared. Right. Okay. It doesn't unsettle me. I mean, it makes me nervous about other people, but it doesn't unsettle <laughs> me, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So yeah, like when I read on my podcast, I rarely read things that are bloody or even people necessarily die. It's more like, mm-hmm. is this person accurately perceiving reality or is there something interfering with them perceiving reality and like that's so scary (laughs) okay well okay so with all these uh this all this psychological impact that you're kind of experiencing um in your books and in movies that you see how do you find (laughs) do you sleep at night does it (laughs) does this not does this affect you at all like going to bed no honestly 
I mean, I have anxiety naturally, so I think part of it is putting that anxiety on horror instead of real life. Like, mm-hmm. if you can be anxious about whether this character is losing their mind, mm-hmm. you're not anxious about you losing your mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. You know, or like we're living in a yeah. pandemic, but if I read about this guy who's really anxious about whether or not his neighbor is a monster, like that's a totally different kind of anxiety I can focus on. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, that's an interesting Very way to look at it. Um, I still don't like to hang my hand off the bed or leave my foot out of the cover. Oh, I don't so. either. I have to okay, put okay, okay. Sheet. <laughs> I mean, okay. I don't. I I know there's not a monster, but it's still like ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay cool i don't know just whenever i watch these movies that just gets amplified and i'm just like nope don't have to pee i'm just gonna hold it (laughs) don't want to get up right now don't feel like getting my ankles grabbed even though it's never happened so uh also the psychological horror is kind of nice because most of the time there's not a monster Mm -hmm. and then you just have to deal with like oh what does that mean about people which is way scarier but you can totally go to the bathroom in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. yeah this is true this is true Okay, fun. Thanks for answering that. Yeah, that, that was curious. I really enjoyed hearing your thoughts on that interview. That was really interesting oh, to thanks. hear about. I've been thinking about horror a lot because it's so broad, and I never realized how broad it was as a genre. Yeah, well, yeah, you guys are definitely opening my eyes awesome. <laughs> to what more that can be offered, for sure. For sure. Well, thank you again, Orlean, for coming on. It's always awesome having you on, and thanks for coming back. Um, I really enjoyed this. Would you uh, mind kind of plugging your stuff? Where can people find you and your podcast? Sure. So you can find my podcast wherever you're listening to this one. And it's Spooky Sisters Book Club podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Spooky Sisters Read and Twitter at Spooky Sis Read. And I just talk a lot about horror and sci-fi and weird fiction. Yes. Yeah, please be sure to go check her out. I will include a link in our show notes so people could have easier access to that if they want to. But uh, yeah, really enjoy your stuff. I, I listen to one of your recent episodes on the birds that was awesome i really really enjoyed that yeah i'm really getting into reading uh books that inspired big movies so Mm. i read the stepford wives and then just the birds and both were so like thrilling and creepy and not at all like their movies Mm -hmm. i I was kind of shocked i liked it It it's a lot of fun so uh thank you again for coming on and um uh we will nate and i will continue our October uh, horror movie fest with a not so scary movie next episode we will be covering Hocus Pocus that's that's gonna be a lot of fun oh that's great I love that movie yeah B2 is again quintessential Halloween movie or October movie forever Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks everybody for uh, listening to this episode of Film on the Rocks be sure to check out Orlean's podcast Spooky Sisters Book Club and see you next week awesome thanks Orlean bye